At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts. Support for WABE comes from Capital Good Fund, introducing Georgia Bright Solar Lease Program, a new rooftop solar initiative designed to create pathways to equitable and inclusive solar, sustainability, and monthly savings for Georgians. Learn more at georgiabright.org. 7.20 is our time, and it's time for Political Breakfast. With me live this morning is Republican strategist Brian Robinson and Democratic strategist Theron Johnson. Good morning to the both of you. Probably a better morning for me than for Theron. Uh, yeah, yeah, good I was going to say good, a pretty good morning for the GOP. Yeah, so-so morning for the Democrats. Uh, Theron, you first. About last night, Stacey Abrams uh, lost to Brian Kemp by at least 10 points, 53% of the vote. Um, she questioned the polling. We talked about this a lot on Political Breakfast going into the election day, saying uh, minorities were underpolled. Uh, but the pe- polls uh, seem to be dead on. What happened uh, with this campaign, do you think? Well, first, I want to just really thank Stacey Abrams uh, and her, t- her entire team for running the best campaign that they could have actually run in, in this climate. Uh, I mean, for her to come back four years later after losing to Governor Kemp and, and putting it on the line and raising money and making a personal sacrifice to run this campaign. She definitely should be commended for that. And Lisa, I also want to just congratulate Governor Brian Kemp and First Lady Marty Kemp uh, for running a very good campaign as well and congratulate them on, on the win. Um, I think what happened, Lisa, was this. Uh, first and foremost, it's very difficult to beat an incumbent. Uh, I don't care if it's Democrat or Republican. And so there was automatic... Uh, headwind ahead of her. Two, uh, as Brian has indicated, uh, a lot of the people in the state of Georgia obviously think that Governor Kemp is doing a good job and he should have been reelected. And I think the last thing is, is that, look, you know, Stacey Abrams uh, tried to really make some traction on some very important issues around Medicaid expansion, around education, um, the economy. It's talked a lot about One Georgia. And just clearly right now, uh, Georgia uh, is very happy with what they got right now in Brian Kemp. And so I think that uh, we have to regroup. I think she will probably not run for political office uh, in on Georgia, but I do not think her career in politics is over. All right, Brian, we hear you smiling over there. Uh, Governor Brian Kemp handedly won re-election, uh, despite being badmouthed by former President Trump, uh, sending a pretty big message to Trump supporters. Uh, will that message stick, do you think? Well, Kemp really ran a gauntlet of obstacles to claim his reelection, certainly having some internal uh, enemies, with the biggest being Donald Trump, and then going up against Stacey Abrams, who has become a national democratic celebrity. There's no other way to put it. And what you saw last night was a mandate from the voters. It was an affirmation of his record. It was also at a margin this big, a margin that is a little bit bigger than the other statewide races uh, down ballot, a repudiation uh, of Stacey Abrams to some degree. And I think part of her message of the voter suppression just wasn't believed by Georgians because it didn't reflect their reality when they were going to vote early and getting in and out in five minutes. And, um, and I think that she got so big in the other parts of the country 
that, that hurt her here at home. Mm. Where does the Democratic Party go from here, Theron? Well, I think, you know, uh, as I was leaving Brian last night, we were on television together. He was definitely fired up. And, and I know how he feels, um, you know, how he felt two years ago, right? When, when I woke up that morning after the November election and, and in January in 2021. So Democrats have got to do exactly what the Republicans did. Number one, uh, we're going to have to have some very uncomfortable uh, but very frank and truthful conversations about who we are as Democrats in this state. Secondly, I think, you know, you're going to hear a lot of people calling for a complete regime change in leadership, um, not just at the party, but also looking at who are the folks who are leading these counties. And then thirdly, look, I think we, we got to um, turn our focus to making sure if it goes to a runoff and it looks like it may be heading that way, to make sure that we send Senator Raphael Warnock back to Washington. I think that's where we got to put our short-term efforts. But long-term, you'll definitely see a lot of folks coming out demanding change and, and trying to win again big statewide in Georgia. Yeah, more on that race. Um, if you believe the polls, no no real surprises here. Um, as you mentioned, Theron, uh, the Warnock-Walker race likely going into a runoff. Uh, Brian, let me ask you, was this really something we know that this was something Warnock was trying to avoid, but but is it something he needed to avoid at this point? Well, it looks like the uh, Republicans are going to control the Senate. If, if I'm right, I'm not up to date on all the national stuff right now. And that'll take some of the partisan pressure off of Republican voters. An obstacle that Herschel's got to get over is a lot of the Republicans who went to the polls in a midterm when turnout is lower than it is in a presidential year already. You know, yesterday we saw about a million fewer voters than we saw during the presidential two years ago. Uh, Kemp was a major driver for turnout. Now Herschel's got to stand on his own and be a driver. He's got to have a compelling message to turn back out. Now, Warnock's got a challenge there, too. You know, two years ago, he had the specter of Donald Trump trying to overturn the election, uh, putting some wind at his back. It had been a fairly decent Democratic year electing Joe Biden. So, you know, Warnock benefited from the environment in 2020, and Walker has benefited from the environment this year. But now he's standing on his own, and getting these people back out is going to be a really hard task for both sides. And it's hard to say at this juncture who's advantaged by it. Mm. Yeah, th there's uh, probably going to be a whole lot of voter fatigue at this point there. And uh, is there a fear among the Democratic Party that a runoff will work in Walker's favor? Well, the good news for us, Lisa, is that we have a battle-tested U.S. senator who actually has won a runoff in Georgia. I just want to remind our Democrats who are listening to us live that, you know, you probably feel the same way I feel um, as far as being very concerned about turnout. You know, we were not happy with the results, not just in the governor's race, but also down ballot. You know, I was very glad that we were able to send Sanford Bishop back to Washington. So the, the what you should see right away from the Senator Warnock campaign is immediately going back up with ads on a very positive message. But also, I think he's going to have to uh, sort of make a contrast between him and Herschel Walker in a different way. I, clearly, the violence 
the falsehoods, the hypocrisy. It, it didn't it didn't prevent Herschel Walker from making a runoff. So now I think they've got a strategy in place. He's got to have a strategy in place to get people back out to vote early. You'll see them um, really, really pounding us with ads and digital and radio. Mm-hmm. And I think the ground game will decide who wins the runoff. Yeah, get ready. You know, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me add in there that uh, – the Democrats have got to learn from what they did in the first round. Not, not that I'm here to give free advice to the Democrats, <laughs> but they went after the, the violent history really hard. That message has penetrated, and voters who are going to be persuaded by it have already been persuaded. I think hitting that again, running another month of his first wife talking about the gun to her head, isn't going to be a net benefit for Warnock. What is Walker's message? Walker's message is Warnock owns the Biden record you hate. What is Warnock's message about Herschel Walker? In my opinion, it hasn't become clear until the final days where he finally started throwing some elbows and the message became he's unqualified. And that's the message I think they have to develop, and it's not as compelling or as sexy as as violence as far as, like, grabbing people, but that's where they are. They've got to find a message that's persuasive. Darren, you agree? Will, will the, the message change in, in the coming weeks uh, if this, in fact, goes to a runoff? I think it'll be uh, modified, and it, it it can't just be that he's unfit. I mean, at least I've said that, right? I've said that if you look at these two gentlemen, just based on their qualifications and all that, that's not enough. I think you're going to have to bring a level of humanization uh, to this campaign, and I think Senator Wardock would do that. And more importantly, look, how do you win elections, not just in Georgia but around the country? you got to inspire people. You got to give them something to believe in. You really kind of have got to have sort of a hope slash inspire slash change sort of, um, you know, aura about your campaign. And I think that you'll see Senator Warnock go on the basically offense, uh, talking about him and his record and what he wants to continue to do in Washington. And you gonna have a lot of third party uh, groups coming here and, and talk negative about both campaigns. So it's going to be a turnout game. Senator Warnock has the money. Um, he, I don't know how much he has on hand, but I assume that he has a lot on hand that he can spend right away if he hasn't already spent some already on television and other things. So I think Democrats, look, if, if it comes down but, uh, to Georgia, whether or not we control the U.S. Senate, uh, I think you'll see the same amount of emphasis and enthusiasm on this race that we saw at January 5th of 2021. Quick. I'll tell you, this year, this year, Warnock cannot do a I'm a nice guy, I'm a normal guy, I'm not scary ad campaign like he did in the 2021 uh, runoff. That year, he was able to basically post up against Donald Trump. And, you know, being this normal, nice guy above all the toxicity of politics, that was compelling. That won't work this time. He's going to have to take the gloves off. He can't run a positive campaign. Uh, Neither one can. In a runoff, you basically have to take the bark off the other guy. Republican strategist Brian Robinson and Democratic strategist Theron Johnson, thanks for waking up with us this morning. You bet. All right. We'll talk next week. Governor Kemp. Amplifying Atlanta, this is listener-funded 90.1 WABE. From WABE Studios, the podcast where they read stories is a new children's storytelling podcast featuring notable Atlantans and performers reading classic and contemporary children's books. Each episode contains a story meant to entertain, inspire, and inform young listeners. No screens required. The podcast where they read stories features adaptations from both chapter books and picture books. Join us at wabe.org slash stories podcast or wherever you listen to podcasts. W-A-B-E.
Ever wondered where to find the best dumplings in town? Curious about Atlanta's obsession with lemon pepper? Join us on Savory Stories, a new podcast, as we uncover the untold tales behind Atlanta's culinary scene. From the roots of your favorite dishes to the creators that bring them to life, we're diving deep into the heart of the city's food culture. Listen to Savory Stories at wabe.org slash podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. W-A-B-E. 